is going on? I want to welcome you back from half court. It is NBA training camp week, Troy. I am Sean Murphy, joined by my guy, Troy. Sergey Troy, how you doing, man? Doing good, Sean. How are you doing? Oh, Troy. Now that basketball is back, dude. I'm doing good. Dude, first of all, okay, so as a recording, it's media day. Or as Troy called it, NBA picture day. And media day has to be one of the more interesting days on the NBA calendar. Because, like, I don't know about you, Troy, but there's always something I look forward to. There's always a certain press conference I'm looking out for. And, man, just to name a few, um, we had guys the likes of – we had Steph Curry addressing the Andrew Wiggins situation. We had Kyrie Irving addressing some of his stuff that we'll get into. Um, we had Joel Embiid talking about the Ben Simmons situation, which we will definitely be talking about. But then also, we got to hear from some of the rookies around the league. Dude, okay, we got a lot to get into about media day. Oh, that's all I'm going to say. I'm excited. Uh, Troy, is there a favorite media day moment to you that sticks out over the years? Is there is there anything about training camp that gets you excited? Like, what 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 do you feel whenever you go into this kind of thing? Yeah, I feel like the season's right around the corner. Um, if I had to pick a favorite media day, uh, two years ago was kind of cool. Uh, I was pumped when I saw a picture of uh, our newly acquired free agent Derek Rose standing with Reggie Jackson, Blake Griffin, and Andre Drummond. As a fan at that time, I was pretty pumped to see what that team could do, but that team couldn't even make the playoffs. Well, couldn't even make the bubble because that was the that would that season would end in, in its COVID year. But uh, that was kind of cool. And I remember like uh, that 2008-2009 Pistons team when I was really younger on Media Day, and I think like Pistons Live actually went live for Media Day, and I watched it as a kid who like came home from school. And it was like Kwame Brown and Alex Ecker and Aaron Aflalo. And I was like, I can't wait for this season. Mm-hmm. And then they traded Chauncey Billups a few weeks later for Iverson. And it was just, mm-hmm. it was fun. It was not fun, but it was, mm-hmm. it was fun to look forward to that season as a kid. You know, Troy, I want to thank you so much for bringing back that memory in my mind. Personally, what I think of my favorite media day moment of all time, hopefully we could get this sound through. <laughs> the Kawhi, Kawhi. <laughs> absolutely legendary that is by far the greatest NBA media day moment of all time but man I was I was scrolling there was one where like Shaq was borderline mooning one of his teammates he like pulled his pants gave himself a wedgie like right well <laughs> like one of his teammates was doing an interview like, there's just so much stuff that's just stupid man I absolutely yeah. love it Speaking of that, super quick, I saw uh, Shaq was on Jimmy Fallon a couple weeks ago, and there was some really interesting stories that Shaq uh, put on. Or, or the, Jimmy Fallon and Shaq did like a question and answer, like, like true or false, mm. and it was like a bunch of things that 
like former teammates and close friends sent into the show of like their favorite story of their friend Shaq. And then a couple people, um, you know, did, you know, bogus stories, but it was funny of some of them that said true, I guess in the Western conference finals and like, is it 98 maybe when, when the Spurs beat the Lakers, Shaq mm -hmm. went to the locker room after the game and pulled out like three urinals out of, out of the like pipes in the locker room. And Jerry West had to confront him about it and said, Hey man, I understand that you're upset, but like, you can't do this. <laughs> and Shaq was talking about that. And I guess he beat up, he had a teammate on when he was on the Suns. I can't, he said, he said he, couldn't tell what country he's from because it would make it obvious, but he was just giving them crap about like a USC bet that they had and Shaq's fighter lost and Shaq just like threw him against the wall and like punched him in the face like 10 minutes before a game. Oh uh, my gosh. So there, you better check that out. Uh, Shaq on Jimmy Fallon, true or false. I, I, I very much enjoyed that 10 or 15 minute segment. <laughs> Shaq is wild, man. Oh my Shaq is wild. But you know what else is wild? The NBA. And that's what we talk about here because we want to welcome you from half court where each and almost every week we gather around and we talk about all things NBA basketball. If you like that, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean Afcourt. You can follow Troy on Twitter at TroySergi44. Be sure to tell your friends, share this wherever you'd like, and join this community from half court. Talk all things NBA basketball. Troy, let's get into the news, shall we? Let let. It's been an eventful couple weeks. It, it, yeah, it's it's been a crazy couple weeks. So let's start probably biggest story in the NBA right now. Um, probably the Ben Simmons situation is still the is still the biggest thing looming, and uh, we have had some developments. Um, not only did Ben Simmons just fully confirm he's not going to training camp, and he was not there today um, at media day. But he also had teammates that were going to be flying out to Los Angeles to come and visit with him and to try and get him to come back. And Ben Simmons told his teammates to not come. He blatantly home, told yeah. them, do not come, stay home. I am not coming to Philly. So this feels like the final blow to me, Troy. This is like mm -hmm. the ultimate... Ben Simmons is closing the door on his Philly teammates. And and even the way Joel Embiid was talking at Media Day today um, seemed like that was kind of how he was interpreting that as well. Um, so, Troy, what uh, now that we're kind of getting to this point, um, what, have, what are your thoughts on this situation as it keeps developing? Because for me, I, I didn't think it could get dumber, but it's getting dumber. And that's kind of amazing. Yeah that it is it's it's quite fascinating yeah absolutely and i think because it's getting dumber i guess i'm getting honestly Sean, a little bit less interested in this uh -huh. because it was very similar to last year with james harden uh, all that drama and fiasco but at least james harden played a couple games with, with houston last year at least he showed up at least he showed up right he may have showed up a little bit overweight but hey at least he showed up and um <laughs> no but it's a very similar situation it's just like when is the trading going to happen? Like, you know, I, I saw, I don't know if it was an actual request, but Kevin Durant blocked it with a, a potential Kyrie to, to Philly for Ben Simmons, just yeah. a one, one man, one man swap. And so, yeah, I mean, I, that was definitely the right move, but go ahead. Yeah. So it doesn't, 
so so just to clarify that situation, so if you don't know what Troy's talking about, essentially Twitter blew up last week because people were talking about how at one point apparently there was a trade on the table between Ben about uh about the Nets okay. and the 76ers trading Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving, but Stephen A. Smith actually clarified what he was saying. Um, and he was not saying that that was a trade that was on the table, but rather he was saying that um, that is something that that Kevin Durant would have not let happen. So it doesn't sound like that was an gotcha. actual trade that was going to happen. Um, I can tell you right now that trade's not going to happen now. Um, I don't even know if the Nets would trade. <laughs> I don't even know if the Nets would trade Blake Griffin for for Ben Simmons right now, because um, at least Blake Griffin yeah. was a jump shot. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. So I think um, you know that that situation is weird too that all that getting shared around. Cause I remember when he made the comment and I was just like, that's just a weird thing to say. Um, and now people are like, Oh, well, is that, it was that a trade that could have happened? And, I was like, <laughs> and, and, uh, I don't listen. I listen. I, I don't see a scenario ever where that, what that trade would have gone down. But I mean, Hey, you know, right now we're getting closer and closer to, uh, to the season starting. And the fact that right now the best player, available to the uh philadelphia 76ers very well could be john wall is kind of scary Mm -hmm. when you when you said that Mm -hmm. uh if you would have told me that they would have gotten a houston guard that was an all-star i would have gone man getting james harding good for you guys and now it's like nope that guy is john wall that is uh that is big yikes territory right there for sure yeah, no, absolutely. And it's just, it's amazing how, you know, that was an offer on the table. I mean, in our, you know, rumors, Twitter discussions of, of a James Harden straight up deal for Ben Simmons last year, right? I mean, that was definitely something that NBA plans were flirting around with. And the fact that now we're flirting around with a different Houston all-star guard, but it's John Wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, sucks to be a Sixers fan, I guess. Um, well- but. But then again, like a, a deal has to get done. I mean, seriously, like a deal has to get done pretty soon, Sean. Right. And, and, and here's the thing, Troy. I, I'm i going to say it doesn't suck to be a Sixers fan because here's the problem. Y'all did this, right? Like here, here yeah. the city of Philadelphia has responsibility. The, the 76ers organization has responsibility. Ben Simmons has responsibility because, first of all, I mean, let's start with the obvious fact. Ben Simmons, it didn't show up. You have your team that clearly wants you to show up and be better, right? That's one thing. 76ers organization, y'all mismanaged this from the jump. Um, the the right. whole jump shot thing. Before the jump. Before mm-hmm. the jump. Before the jump, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the, the entire conversation has been mishandled since before Doc Rivers even got into town. Then Doc Rivers came into town, said that we could build around this guy. I believe we could win a championship with him. And at the end of that season, after the get out of one playoff series, they go, I don't know if he's the point guard of a championship team. Then the next day he comes out and goes, well, that's not what I meant. But obviously that's what he meant. And it's just now one of this, it's one of these situations where, you know, ultimately Ben Simmons, the, the, the rumor is he never wants to play as a 76er in front of Sixers fans ever again. That is the word out of his camp and that, and listen, 76ers fans, Philly's brutal, man. They will tell you what they're feeling and they are not afraid to tell you. Right. Well, on the other, the other end of that is if you piss a guy off enough, they don't want to play for you. So, you know, pick your poison, man. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like you're, you're becoming yeah. known as a franchise that people are hesitant to come and play for. Um, right, right. Yeah. Now, yeah. And if I put myself in, in a GM spot, even if I'm not a Sixers GM or whatever, like, I don't want to build my team around Ben Simmons. Like, are right. you kidding me? Right. Like, out of all the talented players in the league, we, we've t- talked about so many times how how stacked the NBA is or, or, or really, you know, how all-stars, you know, there's so many, you know, people who could be reserves, right? Why would you, why would you make your franchise player Ben Simmons? Like, it has to be right. – Ben Simmons has to be a role player or – a, a star player on a rebuilding team that isn't a part of the future. Right. Like, right. So, right. Well, then the only team that really seems to be a logical choice for that would be the Minnesota Timberwolves. However, uh, news coming out of Minnesota is that they have made yet another change um, in their front office. So um, if you haven't heard the, um, the Minnesota Timberwolves fired Gerson Rosas um, after apparently he was having an inappropriate relationship with someone on the team. Apparently, um, he was he was cultivating a super toxic culture in Minnesota, um, and apparently this did not get to Carl Anthony Towns. In fact, he was asked today during media day how he found out about. Uh, the firing of the president of basketball operations. And he said that, that Carl Anthony town said he found out from his financial advisor. If you find out from your financial (laughs) advisor that this move is going down and you're the franchise player of the team. What? It's like finding out from your mailman, right? It might as well be your mailman. (laughs) If you're, if my accountant told me I was fired or that, like, if, let's say your accountant comes up and says, oh, hey, I heard your brother got engaged. I, I go, what? Because that is significant news that affects my life. You know, like, why is that something I'm finding out from some random guy? Because like, it's his financial advisor. What does he have to do with this? With the you team? can't make this stuff up. You can't, you can't make this stuff Only up. Only with the Minnesota Timberwolves, <laughs> man. It's unreal. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You know, so now you have the Minnesota Timberwolves that are in a situation where they fire their executive. And now Carl Anthony towns is going to have yet another president of basketball operations. Um, what is Troy? Do you think there's a realistic future that Carl Anthony towns signs again in Minnesota? Probably not, Sean. I mean, it's it's one of those things where what 2015 he was taken number one, so this will be a sixth year with the team. Seventh, you know they 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 have yet to really try to build a seventh year. Yeah, wow. I guess yeah, 2021 to 22. They haven't. I mean, you got Wiggins for a little bit, then you got D'Lo, and it's not a team that you know is in the contentions for even a contender, right? Like they're, right. they're one of those teams where, you know, we look at even the the peak of the West or what teams are competing. And, you know, I, I think of uh, LA, I think of, you know, Denver and, but like, those are like the teams that are like competing, but like barely competing. Um, and, and I don't, I don't include Minnesota on that list at all. And, you know, if you are a player like Cat. 
you know, join the club of, of being, being a franchise player on a contender, which I think, you know, in a free agency situation, he could really go anywhere. Right. Well, and, and you know, and obviously you look at other players throughout the league. So, I mean, the, the obvious comparison I look at is a guy like Devin Booker, right? Mm-hmm. Who Very similar. Um, yeah. Who was um, very much putting up great numbers, having all-star um, caliber performances, being a great player in the league, but ultimately not even making it to a playoff to a playoffs until this past year when ultimately they went out and they got uh, Chris Paul because that, and this was after they got DeAndre Ayton and they got some solid pieces around them. And it's just like, you know, you look at Minnesota, who do they have? Like, like, like who are like their promising assets, right? Because you have, you have Carl Anthony Towns, who obviously is a great player, who is a, who is a generational talent in certain ways. Um, personally, I don't think he's ever going to be the best player on a championship team. Um, but then you have Anthony mm-hmm. Edwards, who is really good, or who can be really good. Yeah. Um, do I see him being an, a, a superstar? I don't know. Like he he has like he has elite athleticism, but like, and he could get a bucket. But he, yeah, he had a couple forty point games this past year. Uh huh. As a rookie, as a yeah. rookie. Yeah, and that is solid. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he he deserved Rookie of the Year. Don't get me wrong. But then, but then your third guy. You have D'Angelo Russell, who, how his stock has fallen ever since leaving the Nets, by the way. Yeah. Like, like now that contract just looks terrible. And, and some of it's health related. Some of it, you know, that, that stuff just happens, right? But, um, you know, his stock is just, you know, now um, what's more than likely going to happen is he's probably going to be in that Ben Simmons trade package. Right. That's probably his future. Mm-hmm. So he probably goes to Philly and that would be like, what, his fifth team? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> L.A. to Brooklyn to Golden State to, to Minnesota, Minnesota to Philly. To yeah. Philly. To yeah. Potentially Philly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's just uh, I guess that's just never stopping for D'Lo. But, you know, hey, maybe, maybe he'll find a home at some point, you know, uh, which, by the way, uh, brought him in to be that cornerstone piece with Cat, and then last year they're like, "Well, that didn't work out so great." Um, so, I just, I just don't know if there's a team in the NBA that has less of a direction than the Minnesota Timberwolves. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's close. Um, I right. definitely don't think that it's close. It, it, it will, it, it will dive a little bit more into why in a minute. That that's kind of the team we're going to be talking a little bit more in detail about today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, then uh, before we get more into that, there's one more news story that I do want to talk about. And it is around the biggest story that could potentially derail the league this year. Not And not derail because ultimately the season's going to happen. If they could, if they could get the bubble going and, and if they got the season done last year, there's going to be a season this year, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, the vaccines. Um, so, uh, right now, try about 90% of players in the NBA are currently fully vaccinated. Um, so that, that's a pretty solid number. Um, however, that does mean that there are 10% of players that are not, um, one of them being Andrew Wiggins out in golden state. Um, Troy, what is Andrew Wiggins doing? (laughs) This I guy, wish I could answer. I wish I could answer that question. Th- this guy, 
So we're not going to make it political. That's not the goal. Um, I will say, and I, I think uh, I think Troy, you could agree with this. I think we are a pro vaccine podcast. A pro vaccine podcast. Yeah, uh-huh. maybe uh, that'll be my new Twitter handle. Pro vaccine podcast. <laughs> Troy, the pro vaccine pod. By the yeah. way, when I had to correct you that we were an NBA podcast on Twitter. <laughs> well, okay, we're Pistons fans. And I know, yeah, Molly I know. Morrison, the, the lead Grizzlies uh, little podcaster, made a little stint. And I, I made a passive-aggressive comment. And she made a bigger passive-aggressive comment. I just said, hey, join our Pistons podcast. <laughs> I'm referring to us being Pistons fans because we do. Look at your background, Sean. Look at your background. Don't call me out on that. And, and, um, and you corrected me. I got, I got like four likes on my join the Pistons podcast. And then you said NBA podcast and it got like 80, but I don't know. People thought I was like trolling you or something. I don't know. I was just like, we're an NBA podcast. (laughs) There is a difference, but um, Molly Morrison, if you're listening, join our NBA podcast for an episode. Yeah, Joy. Yeah, whoever that Molly Morrison, the Grizzlies chick, not the chick, the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies podcaster, woman. Yeah, she is a woman. Okay, so anyway, before I get myself into too much trouble, um, so Andrew Wiggins, uh, currently in the state of California and in the state of New York, um, you cannot play an indoor organized sport sporting event without being fully vaccinated. Actually, Sean, you're almost right. You're okay. almost right. Almost right. Okay, it's, correct me, Troy. Correct me. It's you cannot step foot in the arena if you're not fully vaccinated. And oh, that see, includes oh, oh the yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. You can't even step in the arena. That's a big deal, man. Mm-hmm. Especially, um, I saw something I realized. Uh, I, I was reading something today. Someone pointed out um, if the finals is Brooklyn Lakers. Kyrie couldn't play. He just wouldn't be able to play in the finals. Like That's yeah. just a crazy reality. So some of the players um, in the league that we know are not vaccinated um, are Kyrie Irving, Jonathan Isaac, Bradley Beal, and Andrew Wiggins. Now, you know, Bradley Beal, it's not as big of a deal because of the fact that in D.C., as of right now, there's not those restrictions. However... More than likely, as the season keeps progressing, those restrictions are probably going to be a thing because if you get deeper into the winter, more than likely the Delta variant is going to continue to spread as it has. So, um, you know, that's just the reality of the situation. You know, we already have, um, you know, outdoor sports is one thing because it is at least outdoors. Um, Indoor is a whole other thing. And so, um, Troy, the NFL kind of had to deal with this a couple months ago once their training camp started. Um, and now the NBA finds themselves in a similar situation. Um, if you were looking at a teammate that wasn't willing to get the vaccine, like what, h- how do you handle that? You know, that that's, that's the awkward thing is that like, how do you approach that conversation? Because you know, that, you know, that it's it's getting into personal territory, but it affects the team. It's mm-hmm. such a weird line, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's an appropriate question to ask, are you all in? 
right? Are mm-hmm. you all in? Mm-hmm. How all in are you? You know, mm-hmm. because I mean, I, you know, I'm not saying this is the way to go, but a lot of your can't miss superstar sensations. I think of the biggest name that comes to my mind is Kobe Bryant, like his Mamba mentality, right? Is, is of course he loved his wife. Of course he loved his kids, but like he put basketball number one, let's just say it right. Like, and, yeah. and I mean, to get to that level, to be, you know, I don't understand the NBA is the 400 best players in the world, best mm-hmm. basketball players in the world, not the United mm-hmm. States, the world. Mm-hmm. So you're already at a supreme high level talent uh, in your, in your own personal accomplishment for even making it to the league. So you're already there. You're, you're, you're what millions of, you know, high school, college players could only dream of. Why would you sacrifice that for a, a shot that takes seven seconds? Right. And, and, and you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess yeah. I would approach it as that way. Like how, how all in are you? Are you all in and how all in are you? Right. And, and listen, my only I, way to address that. And, and I did say, we're not going to worry. We aren't going to get political, but, but there is a truth to the fact that um, uh, there is something to be said about the fact that there isn't anything political to the effectiveness of the vaccine. More than half of the world's population right. at this point is vaccinated. The numbers are in it is safe. That is just, you know, three and a half billion people in this planet have gotten vaccinated. So the so the narrative that it's that it could be dangerous is out the window. So I think that's something that's important to point out. Um, so at, at this point, it just comes down to, um, you know, what what's going to happen. And, and ultimately, in my opinion, I think, um, you know, the NBA and the Players Association, it sounds like they're still negotiating and figuring out what the penalties could be for not mm-hmm. getting the vaccine. Yeah. Um, because something that hasn't been addressed yet, because we've talked a lot about, um, you know, ultimately how much do you want to be there. And ultimately, it's a lot. A lot of our focus is going to be on the basketball side of things. However, I think what is going to sway players to get that vaccine is going to be once it affects their bottom line and once it affects their checking accounts. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, once once that starts happening and once those conversations are had, because let's be honest, if I if I'm an NBA owner, I'm not going to want to play pay a player that's going to want to sit out 41 of the 82 games. If if they're want right. if they don't want to play in a home games, and also why would I want a guy on my team if they're only available for half of the games? That just yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, and there's even the fan perspective too. Of, could you imagine a player like Kyrie not playing in front of his home crowd or his home fans who are going to cheer for him mm-hmm. like there's no other? Mm-hmm. But then go to the road games and and appear there. Like it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it, it's selfish. I just mm-hmm. said it. It's selfish. One hundred percent. And so you know, ultimately. Um, at the end of the day, whatever, whatever it is, it is, you know, at the end of the day it is the player's decisions. Ultimately, um, I do think in my opinion, um, that there should be a harsh penalty if you do choose to sit out, because it's not like, in my opinion, it is not like they are forcing you to get the vaccine. Employees are allowed to mandate the vaccine and you have a choice of whether or not to get it. That is not them forcing you to get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. That is a terms of employment um, terms of employment uh, mandate and, and a lot of NBA officials a lot of NBA arena employees are being asked and required to get the vaccine and in my opinion I think it's a little unfair to not have the players being held to the same standard 
So that that's where I'm at on Perfect. it. Um, ultimately, I hope it doesn't affect the quality of hoops we get this season because um, the last thing in the world that I want to see is something like the vaccine get in the way of... Because here's the thing. The fact that we have to talk about this at all instead of talking about um, champion favorites and things coming up in the season that we're excited about. Like the fact that that's a major topic of discussion on media day is something that isn't exactly ideal. So, um, you know, I, I think that's, uh, I think that's kind of where I'm at on it, you know? So, um, yeah. it sucks here, you know, let's, let's end this thing, get your vaccine. So anyway, that's all we're going to say. But with that, uh, Troy, let's talk a little more Minnesota Timberwolves, shall we? Um, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, um, the you know, at, I I like to think of them as the franchise that drafted Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn um, t- back to back right before the Golden State Warriors picked Steph Curry. That's that's personally how I choose to remember the franchise. Yeah. I don't know about you, Troy, but that's uh, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. what I like to look at. Yeah. Is, is there I guess, a... yeah, I, I think of a little bit of KG, but not a lot of KG. I think of uh, a, a, a Kevin Love face of the franchise that could never get him into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of – I can't think of much besides those two. <laughs> I think of Darko Milicic's prime. In Minnesota. I think of Darko Milicic's prime. Yeah. Yeah. The team owned by Alex Rodriguez, which is still something I, I still can't quite wrap my heads around. Um, but that's a whole other discussion for a whole other day because, oh my goodness. But um, Derek Rose's 50 point game. That's true. The, the place where, where Derek Rose's career was revived. Um, the place that had Jimmy Butler for like 20 minutes. Yeah. For- yeah, that was pretty cool. I remember that trade. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was there for a season, and he was like, nope, y'all don't want it. I want out. Let's get out of here. Um, but anyway, so the Minnesota Timberwolves, they finished 23-49. and 49, that, uh, Good enough for the 13th best record in the Western Conference. Um, they, uh, at the beginning of the season, had the number one overall pick and selected Anthony Edwards out of the University of Georgia. And he ultimately won Rookie of the Year. And they uh, started with Ryan Saunders as their coach, but ultimately benched him. Not benched him, they fired him. And they brought in Chris Finch, which was like one of the weirdest coaching hirings I've ever seen. Because not only did they not just get an interim coach from their coaching staff, they got a they hired a new head coach mid-season the day they fired ryan saunders and it was a guy from a completely different staff who was a current assistant coach in the league what <laughs> sounds like us met back in 20 what 14 13 14 when we fired uh, mo cheeks halfway and we brought in uh foster lawyer's dad as an interim coach that's right yeah well, well, but the but the difference is like, though. What is, are we? What were we doing? Well, but the difference is, and like, and like, this is just the weird part. They didn't bring this guy in as the interim. They brought him in as that's their head coach. They signed him to a multi-year <laughs> deal. Like they were just like, hey, let's yeah. go, let's do this thing. 
So, personally, I, I didn't get it, um, but he did do better. He did do better than Ryan Saunders. Um, it's not saying a lot, but they did do better than Ryan Saunders. Um, and ultimately, um, they just kind of existed all throughout the year. Um, they were a part of... Um, they really didn't make many trades. They really didn't do much. Um, they got Ricky Rubio back. He he played in Minnesota this season, but uh, then he was there this year, and then he left after this year. Um, D'Angelo Russell, he was injured for a lot of the season, but when he played, he didn't look that good. Um, they're just it just feels like they're wasting the prime of another franchise player of theirs and cat you know i just if mm-hmm. i had to give this team a grade I, i'd give them a d minus especially because they fired their their president of basketball mm-hmm. operations who was only there for two seasons i mean troy what's uh what is there to look forward to for this franchise right now one thing and one thing only ben simmons <laughs> ben simmons <laughs> what do you think of a potential anthony bennett Carl Anthony Towns, or not Anthony Bennett, Anthony Edwards. My bad. They kind of look alike. Anyway, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, Ben Simmons, big three. What do you think of that? 12 seed. Yeah. You, you think they could be a play-in team? No. <laughs> but, but Troy, did you see Ben Women? Did you see Ben Simmons is getting that jump shot? Did you see he's putting in the work in the gym? He's a hundred percent. Okay, I want to talk about that for a second because yeah. well, hey, hey, he I is, as he a, is a he is a former future, high school. I was just gonna say he is a future Minnesota Timberwolf, so we can't talk about this here. That's okay. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like me as a former high school player who put in work in my prime like those were all the same workouts i did when i was 17 16 playing varsity hoops like mm-hmm. yeah i made those shots too yeah 100 percent. And, and and again like um, what how is how is this an nba caliber player doing the exact same workouts as 95 percent of most high school kids in the country and it's it's seen as jesus christ himself with a, with a basketball i don't know <laughs> well, well, Troy, and, and, and you know, it's well, it's because you know we, and again, it's the same thing with the Andre Drummond workout videos we get each and every summer. It's the same thing, man. Yeah. Where people, people just because here's the thing: anybody, any NBA player looks like a superstar in a gym when they're not shooting in front of anyone guarding them, right? Whenever I see a, like, like especially like people post like uh, pickup games of NBA players in like the off season, and they're playing against like their high school teammates. And they're like, they put up 70. And they're like, yeah. wow, he's elite. And it's like, well, no. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, like again, people forget, like, what separates these guys from, like, LeBron? Like, it's minute of a percentage. Like, these guys really are all, is. like, the greatest players in the world. Like, it looks like a significant difference, but it really isn't. Uh-huh. Like, there is, a, there is a little difference that brings, that goes from going, goes from being a good NBA player to a great NBA player. And right. So- and um, actually, the On the Smoke podcast invited AI, Alan Iverson, on the show a couple of mm-hmm. weeks ago, a couple of months ago, actually. And he talked about that same thing. Like he said, like, from a, like, but it was talking about fans 
uh, booing and heckling and harassing players, like opposing players, you know, on the sidelines or, you know, saying racial slurs or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, and he said like, these fans have absolutely no idea what the guy, like the last guy on the bench would do to them in a pickup game, right? Like, like, like yeah. fans have no idea how good each and every NBA player is on that perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. 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 Uh, case in point, one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite gym videos I saw uh, this summer was Carlos Arroyo lighting up a pickup game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, like at 45 years old. Yeah. Retired Carlos Arroyo looked like Steph Curry. He looked like Stefan Marbury in his prime against those kids. Um, but you know, yeah. it's like one of those things where, um, obviously Carlos Arroyo was not that guy. Um, but you know, he definitely, he definitely wasn't a scrub, but again, the difference between him and Chauncey Billups, it looked huge. It, it can't be, you know? So, yeah. um, ultimately, and here's the other thing. And we keep, and I can't believe we have to keep reiterating this point, but Troy, it has never been said that Ben Simmons can't shoot. It right. has been said that Ben Simmons won't shoot. And there yeah. is a huge freaking difference and if I agree. You, and if you don't think so you're blind <laughs> um and so i uh, you know ultimately um you know anyone talking about these these videos it's absolutely stupid but i agree i i don't think that big three really moves the needle um because ultimately ben simmons if he if he comes out and it's the same thing like yes he's amazing on the defensive end um but um he's he's not he, he, he's just not it on the offensive end. And, and, you know, ultimately I don't see, um, I don't see like maybe they're a playoff team. Maybe they're an eighth seed. Like that's their peak to me. Um, but even then like that, it's hard to move into that spot in the West. Like really like, hard. Like, you know, the, the only thing I could see him really doing for that team is giving them a defensive identity. Because if there's anything that you can say about the Minnesota Timberwolves is that, they have firepower on the offensive end. They are trash when it comes to playing defense. Like hogwash garbage. Carl Anthony Towns is one of the worst defensive bigs in the league. It is atrocious. Yeah. And you can't win in the West with that kind of defense. No, not at all. Not at all. Because you because you have guys that like, you know, it, it's clearly just not a point of emphasis for them. You know, they um, overall, like they just, that's, and that's, that's the thing. Like they, they could absolutely score with the rest of the league, um, but they ranked 29th in opposing points per game. So they, uh, they averaged, uh, they scored 112 points a game. They allowed 117. They allowed 117 points a game. That is atrocious. Like again, if you look at the if you look at the teams that made it to the finals, it was the Milwaukee Bucks, one of the best defensive teams in the league, versus the Phoenix Suns, another great defensive team. Like defense wins championships, and you can't tell yeah. me otherwise, man. Yeah. Especially in this league. Offense wins games, defense wins championships. It's mm -hmm. that simple. Yep, 100. Um, and and so you know, but. And it doesn't mean I don't feel bad um, for Carl Anthony Towns, though, because I think, especially if you look at what happened to him this past season, too, um, he lost, I think he said he lost seven family members to COVID, not including his mom. Um, so, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where he, he was asked about that move where ultimately 
um, his the president of basketball operations was fired, um, uh, Gerson Rosas. Um, he was asked about it, and he said, um, he said, what happened last week just added to the list. It's the same thing every single time, and it's something that always leads to instability. Really, I've been through everything. Numerous front offices, numerous coaches, had a lot of great teammates that I loved, but I'd never been able to develop relationships with them. Um, ultimately, I've been the scapegoat. I've been the player that's been blamed. I've been the victim of these situations. Like In, in Carl Anthony Towns' short seven-year NBA career, He's gone through a lot. Mm-hmm. And and if I'm him, I honestly it kind of reminds me of Matt Stafford, right? Where or or even like Calvin Johnson, where he puts up this production and he puts up numbers that that make you go like make your eyes go wide a little bit, but ultimately it's 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 for nothing. It, it's just a waste because ultimately he's home by March or April and he's in Cancun while the NBA playoffs are happening. And um, it's kind of tragic, man. Uh, he's one of those guys. Uh, it really is. Yeah, I, I want to see him do better. Um, and with that, Troy, if the Detroit Pistons had the opportunity to sign Carl Anthony Towns, would you want him and why? I like that. Yes, because he can stretch the floor. Mm-hmm. He can rebound. You know, yeah, kind of a, a weak link on the defensive end, but he can score. He, you know, he's a guy that can score at mm-hmm. will. And um, you know, I, I think of this team with with a young core, and you put him as a young slash vet. You know, I think he's, you know, when you're sixth or seventh year, you know, you're not young, but you're also not, you know, like vet vet. You know, I think of a vet as at least nine or ten years in the league. And yeah, I I really do see him fitting in. I. Yeah, imagine. He can imagine, shoot the three ball. Him and Beefs, too. Yeah, imagine a starting five. Cade Cunningham, whoever's at the shooting guard. I don't know yet. Bay, what do you mean? Shooting guard? Sadiq Bay's a power forward. What are you talking about? Sadiq Bay shoots the three like a guard. I don't view him as a power forward. I don't view Sadiq Bey as a power forward. He plays power forward. But he stretches the floor too much for me to call him a true power forward. Is he a guard? He can be. What? <laughs> Troy. Okay. Was Richard Hamilton a power forward? No. Was he Was he a shooting guard? Yes. Is there a difference between Richard Hamilton and Sadiq Bey? Of course, but not a not a minute one in my opinion. Not a minute one. Richard Hamilton was six six. Sitting base six nine two forty. He moves around like a guard. He doesn't though. He literally is down but he by does. the blocker stretches to the corner. That's not what shooting guards do. Right. Right, but he stretches and he's he's a strong, athletic big. But he still goes wait, down. Wait, he I'm still sorry, gets I'm sorry. down. Wait, like hold a on, guard. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What he's a what? Can he's you repeat those big. words? He's One an more athletic time. Athletic big, but he still shoots the ball like, like a guard. Okay, you know who else shoots the three? Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. Is he a shooting guard? <laughs> no. 
Is is Nikola Jokic a shooting? But I okay, cats cats way more of a of a true traditional big than Sadiq Bay. Right, but they're both not shooting guards. <laughs> anyway, he played the two a couple games this year. He did. Sadiq he might Bay have, like filled in at like one point to like get a big lineup, but like he started a couple games as the two. No way. I don't believe that. I will I will bet you a pizza that that never happened, Troy. I'll bet you pizza it did. Deal. After this podcast, we're going to look it up. Because I know for a fact that didn't happen. I know for a fact that didn't happen. He might have started at the three. But you know what the three is, Troy? A small, small forward. forward. Oh my goodness, that's the most random impromptu debate we've ever gotten in on this podcast. I love it. That got me that really got me is. riled up. That was that one was something. Oh my goodness. I love you, Troy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, imagine a lineup of Kate Cunningham, Killian Hayes, Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bay, and Carl Anthony Towns. That'd be a pretty dangerous I like lineup. the roster. That'd be a pretty solid starting yeah. five in the Eastern Conference. That's a seventh seed right there. I'm not saying of as of right now. I'm saying if they develop, if they get down to the point where Carl Anthony Towns is a So am I. No, so am I. That's so not a seventh so seed then if Cade becomes like an all-star. No, developed within the first year. Like I'm talking the year we get Cat. I got you. I got you. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I got you. I'm with you now. We're with each other. Hey, Troy, you know what we just did? We just agreed on something. Healthy debate, yes. We just had a healthy debate. Granted, it might not have been healthy how much my blood pressure just went up a little bit there, (laughs) but we had a healthy debate. But anyway, no, I think, uh, you know, ultimately, um, Kevin Garnett said it best when he said his biggest regret in his career is not getting to Boston sooner. I think Carl Anthony Towns is going to be stating a similar regret um, when he says the same about not leaving Minnesota sooner at some point. Which is so, interesting how culture really does matter in a long term, even with, with decades upon decades since. Mm-hmm. The culture of your team matters, like yeah. legit, not yeah. just for one season or five seasons, for, for 10 to 20. Yeah, 100 um, percent. And not just that, but even like not just the culture, but even like just being in a situation where people believe in you and like having the right pieces around you. like uh, like Julius Randle. Like he, he, he never was able to put it together as a Laker. Um, he was pretty good in New Orleans, but then he became an all-star in New York, right? Jeremy Grant, he was solid in Denver, but they really didn't believe in him much as an offensive player. Look at him now. He made Team USA. Literally in one year playing in Detroit, he was considered one of the 15 best players in the world, went over and played with Team USA. That's mm-hmm. incredible. So, you know, ultimately, um, I think of Carl Anthony Towns is in a situation where he had another all-star caliber player around him that could unlock his game. I think Carl Anthony Towns could be an MVP candidate. Um, it's just one of those things where um, we're just going to have to wait and see. And ultimately, um, I am going to make the prediction that in the next five years, I think we're going to be calling the Minnesota Timberwolves the Las Vegas insert name of team here. I think they're moving to Vegas. I'm just going to say that now. You heard it here first. That's a statement. Yeah. And not not only am I saying they're moving the franchise, I picked the location, Troy. 
I told you where they're going, so you heard yeah. it here first. Now, hear, hear me out. Yeah. Hear me out. The NBA's talk about expansion, right? 32 teams. In order to make that work, yeah. in order to make that work, they would need to have one team in the West, one team in the East. I think you're going to have a team. Mm -hmm. If you get an expansion team um, in the West, I think the NBA wants that to be Seattle or or Las Vegas, right? Um, mm -hmm. I think uh, I think ultimately it's easier to start a new franchise in the city of Seattle, and I think you can bring a franchise that's underperforming in the West to a different city. And to let's Vegas. be honest. And let's yeah, be honest. Yeah. Um, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Who did they just get as their owner? A Vegas Alex, guy? An Alex Rodriguez? A-Rod? Oh, oh, right, right, right. I didn't know he, they just got him. I thought, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, he's he's part of the ownership group, and now um, essentially over the next couple of years, it's going to be like, essentially it's kind of like a slow phase where like in the next couple of years, like okay. they're kind of like going to own more and more of the team until eventually they own the team straight up. Um, I don't see... Uh, Alex Rodriguez wanting to stick around in Minnesota, um, especially with how much of a flashy guy he is, played a lot of his career in New York. Um, I think he could be looking at that team and going, well, they have the T-Mobile Arena right down there in Vegas. It's built. It's ready to go. Um, I think I think it's only going to happen in a matter of time, Troy, especially Las Vegas Aces. They're killing it down there in the WNBA now. That's a vibrant yeah, basketball city. Sure. It's a vibrant sports city. They've proven it. It is. It got hockey now. Uh, NFL. NFL was big. NFL uh -huh. was big when they moved there. So uh -huh. yeah, I, I see it now. Now isn't there a, isn't there a baseball team just, coming too, or isn't isn't that a rumor? I think rumor. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, you were saying. Let's talk about the East super quick. East All super right. quick. I could All see a. Right. Uh, well, I, Kansas City, I don't. That would still be West. I would, I would think, and a St. Louis would would still probably be a West. Mm -hmm. Um, a Tampa, a Tampa. I think Tampa is probably your safest bet, um, for the sole reason of if you look at the Raptors last year. Yeah, because because the NBA did a similar thing. Um, with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yep, because, after Hurricane um, Katrina. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. so they returned the favor by bringing an NBA team there. So I think ultimately uh, you look at Tampa Bay, another vibrant sports city with a baseball team and an NFL team. A Super Bowl um, champion NFL team. Yeah, Tom Brady and Gronk and all those old people down there. Uh, you know, what, what say, why can't they have an NBA franchise? You know, what, you know Florida, mm -hmm. they can have all the sports teams in the world. So... Um, why not try to bring a good yeah. one there, you know? So ultimately, um, right. you're going to, you're going to still want it to have, you're going to still want it to be 16 and 16. Um, Troy, can you center yourself a little bit more? You're a little on the, there you go. Better. <laughs> um, but ultimately, you know, I, I think, uh, at the end of the day, if Minnesota doesn't make something happen and quick, if they don't make a playoff if they don't make it to the playoffs once with Carl Anthony Towns on the roster and he leaves, they're definitely going to Vegas. Book it. I'll say that much. If they don't make it with Carl Anthony Towns and he leaves, book it. He's going. They're going to Vegas. And James Harden is going to become the franchise player of the Las Vegas NBA team. <laughs> that was a joke that I found funny. 
<laughs> him and Lemon Pepper Lou are going to rule it down in Vegas. Uh, but on that note, it is now time, Troy, to continue our Legacy series hosted by mm-hmm. Troy Sergi. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, we're doing some positions here. Let's see here. We did a point guard. We did a shooting guard. Uh, we did a... I thought we were doing a shooting guard this week. We have Elton Brand, right? He's a shooting guard. Stop. <laughs> we're going to do the first pick of the 1999 NBA draft, the Chicago Bulls, two-time All-Star, Elton Brand. Oh, they drafted him right after Jordan? Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, a Duke guy, uh, a, uh, a traditional big uh, that could stretch the floor a little bit to that mid-range game. Yeah. Uh, like he's Richard a guy. Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> he's a guy that played most of his career for uh, the Clippers uh, when mm-hmm. the Clippers were kind of a nobody, no man's land. They're like some very similar – the early 2000s and mid-2000s culture of the Clippers was probably very similar to the current culture of the Minnesota Timberwolves, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And Alton Band was kind of the face of that. Uh, very very similar in, in, in some fashions. Uh, he didn't have the three-point shot, and I think he was definitely a little bit better defender than than Cat. But I, for, this didn't go planned, but I, I see a little bit of, of the 2000s version of an of uh, a Carl Anthony Towns in Alton Brand. Uh, mm-hmm. He was the 2006 NBA Sportsmanship win- winner of the year. So that's a pretty cool element to his mm-hmm. resume. Uh, and I think he he definitely towards that end of the late 2000s, early 2010s, he uh, his last big stint in the league, uh, he jumped around a little bit after that, but his mm-hmm. last big stint was with uh, the Philadelphia 76ers mm-hmm. when they had that Lou Williams, Andre Iguodala kind of, you know, somewhat playoff team back then. So you know, Alton Brand was a guy who, you know, could give you serviceable minutes. And obviously we're talking about him. So he was an all-star player on multiple mm-hmm. occasions. And he's a guy that, you know, I'll, I'll always remember as a guy who was able to, you know, get get you a bucket. Similar to our last one, Antoine Jameson as, as a four. Um, you know, I, I guess, yeah, he's a guy you'll miss, you know, he'll, you know, he's been retired for, gosh, probably close to 10 years now, but he's a guy that I – no, probably not 10, probably seven, seven or eight years. But mm-hmm. he's a guy that, you know, I always remember as a serviceable guy to the league and a guy that, you know, as an opponent, you know, he never played for the Pistons. So when the Pistons ever played the team that Alton Brand was on, you know, I, I was kind of a little bit worried as far as the post and guarding that. And we never really had a big besides Andre uh, back in those rebuilding mm-hmm. struggle rebuilding struggling years so yeah what what do you remember about Alan Brand Sean um so I had to do some digging when you brought up that he was the first overall pick in the 99 draft um first of all fun fact um some of his nicknames are EB old school Chevy horse slant (laughs) and my personal favorite chief beef (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> never heard i maybe eb but i i would not have heard of any of them especially that last one Dude, chief i would not hear chief beef and know that you're talking about elton brand 
<laughs> would you? <laughs> I, I personally would not. Uh, but the fact that that nickname exists makes my heart very happy. Um, but I was looking, and first of all, this 99 draft class was bizarre. Um, I, I made a joke about Richard Hamilton, but Richard Hamilton was the seventh pick in that draft. Um, the top five mm-hmm. of Elton Brand's draft class was, um, so it went Elton Brand, number one of the Bulls, uh, Steve Francis, number two to the Vancouver Grizzlies. Ooh. Um, you got Baron yeah. Davis going number three. You got Lamar Odom going number four. Ooh. Um, you have Jason Terry going 10th. You have uh, Sean Marion going ninth. Um, so I, certainly not a bust of a pick, but I think, um, you know, I think Elton Brand, um, you know, when I think of a guy like Elton Brand, I, I, I think it's kind of similar. Um, you know, I think we've talked in the past about players that like kind of played in, in the wrong era. And, like, mm-hmm. Elton Brand seems like a guy that if he was in the league 10 years earlier would have been way better off because he was coming in around when Shaq was a big, when Yao Ming was a big. Um, mm-hmm. He was always, like, one of those guys that could put up a ton of production. Um, but he was kind of like the Stefan Marbury of bigs in the right. sense where he just kind of went underappreciated. Um, and then all of a sudden the league quickly switched to the three-point ball and his effectiveness yeah. just suddenly went down the tube. And I think, yeah, I mean, you, you throw him in the early 90s or even late 80s, you know, I see a guy like a Horace Grant or a Robert Parrish or, you know, in the in the in that category as effectiveness, mm-hmm. potentially. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. 100 Maybe wrong era. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, the other thing, too, just kind of like looking at his career, like the overarch the overarching theme of it. Um, you know, he, he was kind of an all-star solid player until like 07, 08. And then he got injured. It looks like he only played eight games Mm -hmm. that season. Um, and he, and he, and then from there, he just wasn't the same guy. I mean, he, um, he was averaging 20 points a game throughout his career. And, um, then, uh, once he came back in 08, 09, cause then he quickly went from, uh, um, quickly went from being a clipper to then he was a 76er and then he was a dallas and Mm -hmm. he was atlanta and he ended in philly you got you know he just uh i don't know he just had a weird end of his career where like the first half he was solid he looked like a stud he was super effective and then that second half of his career he was more of like a like a dependable starting big or dependable backup big um and so he's kind of like one of those like mid-2000s players i remember growing up with and like kind of like you said like oh yeah like you know if you ever saw him play you know you weren't really looking forward to having to play against him because he, you know, he could, he could put up some numbers, but um, towards the end of his career, you know, you can't really, can't really say the same, you know? Yeah. 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 His legacy is worth talking about. It's worth yeah. remembering. It's, yeah. you know, and I think, yeah, it sounds like an all around, all around solid dude. And yeah, I mean, when you're putting up 20 points a game, no matter what team you're on, you know, mm-hmm. you're serviceable. You oh, know, look yeah. at Jeremy Grant this past year. Yeah. We were one of the worst teams in the league, but, Look at his numbers. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, Elton Brand has to be, you know, talked about and remembered in that fashion. But yeah. you're right. Once once that injury happens. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing too is like he he's always talked about as being this extremely well liked, well respected guy. And I mean, the crazy thing he he retired after the 2015-16 season. Three oh. years later, he's the executive of the of the Philadelphia 76ers. Mm-hmm. Like like literally three years after that, he took over the franchise. And, you know, now he hires and brings in Daryl Morey. Okay. I guess I, I was thinking he retired 
Right. I was thinking he retired more like 2011, 2012, but if he made it to 16, that means he had a 17 year NBA stint. Yeah. Yeah. So he played for 17 years. So like his, like kind of like what I was kind of like alluding to, like his first, um, it looks like his first like seven, like, you know, kind of like his first like eight seasons, it was like, you know, he was that 20 point a game guy. And then like he got injured and then he was just like, you know, he couldn't get above 15 points a game from there, which is still good. But like, it was kind of like quickly went from 15 to 13 to 11 to seven to five to two, you know? So, um, he, he I, I think if he had, if he hadn't gotten injured and he played in a little bit of a better of an era, I think we'd be talking about a hall of fame caliber guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the other thing too, is if you look at the teams he had to play for, he was kind of a victim of circumstance. He played on the Clippers. He played on the 76ers <laughs> when they were scrubs. He played yeah. He played for the Bulls in the worst time to be a Bulls player. Um, you know, he's just one of those guys that was better <laughs> than what he, he – he was better than what the teams he was on, you know, showed. Right, right. You know? And what's his uh, what's his Hall of Fame probability, Sean? Um, 7%. Higher than Rip Hamilton and uh, Antoine Jameson. Yeah, 100%. Hey, you know what? We'll take 7%. We're almost getting to double digits. And I mean, you know, um, even if he's not a Hall of Fame player, I mean, you know, he's he's got a legacy in the NBA. And, and you know, hey, it looks like he's going to be working in the league for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and, and the fact that, right, you come into the league as a 18, 19-year-old kid and you never leave. Mm-hmm. Kind of cool. Oh, Really kind of yeah. cool. Oh heck yeah! It speaks speaks how highly the 76ers think of him to you know bring him in as as their general manager you know pretty much right away after his career ended. So um, you yeah. know hey and, and you know what uh, he's uh, I actually think he's done a pretty good job in Philly. Um, he didn't draft Ben Simmons. Um, he wasn't part of the process. Um, he brought in guys like Tobias Harris. He tried to bring in Jimmy Butler. He did everything he could to put that team together. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's to blame for the Ben Simmons connection, but um, you know, mm-hmm. he's certainly, they certainly got to move him now. So uh, yes, they uh-huh. do Sean. Yes, they do. And as soon as that happens, you best believe Troy, we'll be hopping on this podcast and talking about it. And yeah. Then, we might need an emergency podcast. Oh, an emergency, that deal emergency episodes of from half quarter coming. You best believe it. You best yes. believe it. Yeah. Uh, but that will not be today because this is going to do it for today's episode of From Half Court. You can follow Troy on Twitter at TroySergi44. You can follow me at Sean Half Court. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Share with your friends, and we will catch you next time from Half Court. Be sure to subscribe.